Chapter 5 While James was at after-school club, Jenny walked home with Elf. Both girls were hoping to talk to Claudia, but when they got to the big house, the cat was nowhere to be seen. Elf said Jenny was welcome to stay for dinner. Jenny texted her mum and received the all-clear. How did your parents decide to live in Brighton? Jenny asked. They were upstairs in Elf's room, looking out across the park. The sun was getting low, and pink wisps of clouds started to glow in the darkening sky. Je ne sais pas, Elf said. We needed somewhere on the south coast, to make it easy to travel to France. I don't even think they looked at this place before they bought it. It was probably on a website or in a brochure. And to think, I was worried about Claudia getting used to a foreign country. Did she get into trouble back in France? Not that I know of, Elf shrugged. But it seems I didn't know my cat as well as I thought. Cats do what they like. Well, when they're not fighting armed pigeons or empresses or whatever. Jenny scanned the rooftops and gardens for Claudia. I've never spoken to my cat before, Elf admitted. Well, not expecting a reply, that is. Jenny didn't say anything. She'd never spoken to a cat either. But somehow she'd known that Claudia could speak and would speak to them. She had not been surprised to hear the cats talking on the bridge. They ate dinner in the huge kitchen. It had a large wooden farmhouse table in the middle of it, strewn with papers and letters, but with plenty of room for two people to eat. Elf's parents weren't around. They were wooing a potential client in town. Elf heated up a casserole in a huge pot and cut some crusty bread for both of them. Jenny liked Elf. The small French girl was easy to be around, and confident too. By the time they'd finished washing up, Claudia still hadn't come back, and Jenny knew it was time to go. Elf showed her to the front door, and Jenny stepped out into the dark street. It was still, and cold, and terribly quiet. Jenny zipped her jacket up and pulled her woolly hat down over her ears. A streetlight up ahead wasn't working. The space between the parked cars and the front garden walls of the houses was dark. Even darker where a tree took up space from the edge of the pavement. From the black branches, a dozen pigeons took flight. They swooped low, and for a second Jenny thought they were going to hit her. She ducked and turned and felt the wind from their wings as they passed overhead. The birds were carrying something beneath them. It was dangling from strings and billowing out behind them like an empty fishing net made of plastic bags. The birds swooped low, the net dragging across the paving slabs. Then Jenny saw what they were doing. Claudia had just appeared from an alleyway and was strolling back home. The pigeons scooped the cat up with great precision, then beat their wings as hard as they could as Claudia writhed and slashed with her claws. But it was no good. The birds were winning. The cat was being slowly lifted up and up into the air. There was nothing the cat could do. But now Jenny was underneath the net, jumping and reaching. She snagged a loop of plastic bag with the tip of an outstretched finger and pulled. It felt so light, as if the birds were barely able to lift it. Then the birds weren't pulling at all and the net and cat fell lightly into Jenny's arms. Claudia immediately stepped free and jumped lightly to the pavement. Thank you, the cat said. I must be tired. Those clumsy birds nearly had the best of me. Oh, you would have freed yourself, Jenny said. 
but she saw by the way the cat moved and the look on her face that the cat was truly tired. Else inside, I'm sure she'll have milk or whatever you like to drink. Jenny knocked on the door and Elf answered. All three of them went back downstairs to the kitchen. Elf spooned out more casserole and a saucer of red wine for the cat, who ate and drank hungrily while the girls watched in silence. When the cat was done, she began licking her paw and cleaning her face with it. This isn't the same Brighton I left, Claudia said without looking up. It's more treacherous. I would never have believed that the Empress would make a deal with King Pigeon if I hadn't heard her say it with my own ears. Why does the Empress want the seventh dial? Jenny asked. She wants the full set, as it means she'll control the passage between east and west. She already has the land down to the sea. My dial was the only gap. I allow safe passage without charge. Freedom of movement in Brighton has always been. So she wants money? Elf said. How do cats pay for passage? Sometimes money, Claudia nodded. Sometimes loyalty or information. We cats are solitary, and our loyalty is difficult to command. But the pigeons are nasty birds. They are our mortal enemies. Without our help, the city would be swamped with fat pigeons eating everything in sight. The Empress is foolish and weak. King Pigeon will get rid of her as soon as he has the numbers. But what about Archduke Crackwing? Will he defeat King Pigeon? Jenny asked. You know more than I expected. Claudia raised her eyebrows at the girl. Crackwing is evil. He doesn't care about balance. He's moved the starlings to make room for cohorts of soldiers. I think the seagulls can beat King Pigeon, even if the Empress is on his side. And seagulls are worse than pigeons. Pigeons are for now at least, still afraid of humans. Seagulls do as they please. Crackwing will not stop until he has the city under his wing. Animals, humans, all of us. So, will you help King Pigeon defeat him? Elf asked. Ha! Claudia jumped high in the air, in a somersault, landing on her back legs with her forelegs spread, claws out. That fat bird is trying to kill me. I'll not help him, nor the Empress. We'll soon know how it plays out. One of those stupid kidnappers let his tongue slip. He said that they only had until Saturday to take me in and receive the bounty. So, there's a price on your head, but only until Saturday. I wonder why, Jenny said. It couldn't have anything to do with the Mega Grotto. She looked at Elf, and the other girl just shrugged. Mega Grotto? Claudia relaxed back into a grooming position again. I don't know what that is. But whatever the fat bird and the empress are planning, it sounds like it's happening on Saturday. The cat stuck out a single, razor-sharp claw and dragged it lazily across the wooden table. It left a tiny, straight trench, barely visible against the grain of the wood. And what's to happen to the starlings? They're caught in the middle, Elf said. I have offered them my help, Claudia said, but they won't act on their own. They are looking to the king under the fort to help them. But no one's seen him for years. Likely that they'll just move on. Worthing would be a fitting place for such cowardly creatures. Now, I have matters to attend to. I warn you girls about getting involved in this. It's not your concern, even if I am. I can't protect you from all evils of the world anymore. 
Claudia looked at Elf. Then she stepped lightly and quickly down from the table and out through a cat's flap into the garden. Cats, said Jenny, they do whatever they please, even if they are in mortal peril. Elf said nothing, and Jenny noticed that a tear had rolled down the younger girl's cheek. Perhaps she'd said the wrong thing. I want to help, Elf said, but what can we do? Neither girl had an answer to that question. Jenny had to leave, as she was already late. She gave Elf a hug, then jogged quickly home. If something bad was going to happen on Saturday, they did not have much time to stop it. James might have an idea. But it turned out that on Tuesday morning, the next morning, his ideas were not about the Starlings, nor King Pigeon, and not even about Archduke Crackwing at all. And that was the end of that chapter. What do you think, what James? About these what, what do you think, James's thoughts about Laurie? Yeah, I think you boys are right. We will find out in the morning.